The year is 2004. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Year. Here, comic book reading club, where we go through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, your comic book master, and I'm joined <laughs> stop, today stop. by Is this why Dave you keep offering Busing to have intros. And mm-hmm, joined by Dave Busing, who I uh, just found out great news, Dave. When you pass in your old age, surrounded by your family, mm-hmm. guess who's waiting for you at the pearly gates? That's right. No, we'll spend an eternity together, buddy. No, no. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> And also joined by uh, Charlotte Fierro, comic book Rainbow Belt. And Charlotte, uh, Dave and I, we've been uh, speaking in private. We have something we have to tell you. We really need you to stop having... Uh, I completely spaced on my... Uh, <laughs> no, I thought of a better intro for you. All right, I'm going to rewind this. Is that a, what, Was I, that I, going to be a She-Hulk's uh, joke? I, I, it was going to be I like they were going to stop asking you to party during the recordings. No, like no. It's not, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not, it was something that's along those okay. lines, but... Well, it wasn't going to be sex, Jesus. Okay, but I thought of a better one. It's honestly yeah. the the biggest problem, Charlotte, is not that it's not like the noise of it. It's that you're making Zach and I feel less than because you're so cool. <laughs> that was literally the joke I was going to make. Common sex, and we're just so jealous. It's clearly the biggest. I mean, problem. That's very much the Captain America and Iron Man vibes in there. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. Oh God. Also joined by Charlotte Fierro, comic book Rainbow Belt, and Charlotte, uh, we have a job offer for you. It is. Job in a lawyer's office, but sadly, it is only defending podcasters. Are you interested? Ooh, that sounds podcast dangerous. law. How does that sound to you? <laughs> sounds like yeah. Podcasters D- have rights too. Yeah, sure. It sounds like there's a lot of people I'm gonna meet, and you'd be like, "Do I have to defend you? Like, I'm I'm already against you, <laughs> just out of principle." The podcasters that need lawyers would be. Among the worst oh, collectors yeah. of humanity <laughs> so. that you could be. Would you, you want to rather defend podcasters who need lawyers or lawyers uh, that YouTubers? Need <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know either. But but yeah. YouTubers. Oh, who need, lawyers, uh, lawyers. lawyers that need podcasters actually. I feel like uh, a lot more lucrative. YouTubers, because like I, I guess there's a larger v- variety of them. I feel like I don't know podcasters. I feel like I know more about your life if you're doing a podcast than if you're just doing mm, YouTube. Mm, mm. Like there's a there's yeah. a larger vari- variety of YouTube where like there's many things you can do on YouTube. Whereas on podcast, it's mostly grooming. Like your personality <laughs> shines through a lot more. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I was gonna say too. Your personality. Your personality. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm gl- Zach. I'm glad you had the chance to redo that origin and uh, i'm not gonna leave that in so don't talk about it <laughs> oh my god leave gosh. that in so, you better Zach, leave that just in. leave things in yeah. oh these podcasts We're, are so heavily they, let's edited. just go like bring that back up every five minutes so he can't edit it <laughs> <laughs> so it's such a pain to take out yep. <laughs> so today on my marvelous year we're talking about fantastic four 
issues 509 to 513 by Mark Wade and Mike Waringo. We're talking Iron Man, issues 78 to 82. And then we're talking She-Hulk, the kickoff 2004, number one to number four by Dan Slott and Juan Bobillo. I guess we'll start from the top. Let's talk Fantastic Four. Charlotte, Zach, this is the series. This is the run that both of you were so enthused about. You've just been reading extra issues for fun. We have declared this a read-it-all run. So oh, extra issues. Like, that sounds like the name of a great comic book reading club that you should <laughs> plug real quick before we discuss nice done, things. Nice done, Over done. on patreon.com. Slash How my convenient. Here. Yeah. Six months early access to extra issues. Charlotte's Side podcast. Okay, go on, please. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know where that's going to be published these days because Zach has forsworn comicbookherald.com, site I manage and run. So it's... It's going to be a little tricky for you to find probably a home to publish that show, um, but I look mm. forward to sort of your your pirate radio situation that you set up. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember this. Works. Is this a bit? Is this a joke we did last time that I uh, damned? No, it's an innocuous me? Slack joke that you made that I am now leaning into heavily and taking very seriously. <laughs> Didn't they say I was taking you. over Comic Book Herald? In, well, you've been saying it, that for years. Obviously, yeah. no truth. Yeah, I think I that. said. Uh, no, somebody in the Slack asked if if we were using the Comic Book Herald reading order. Oh, for the oh, oh, yes. Assembled reading, and I mm, said, mm-hmm. yeah, that's you know that's great. Um, except you know, obviously Zach would recommend you use a different site because you always like to needle at me by recommending mm-hmm. other sites. And then you found one I had never heard of before, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, did you click on it? Roytang.net, no, which is it, yeah. just seems like Roy's website. It just leads to Comic Book Herald. That was the joke. <laughs> His, oh. his reading order is just has a link that goes to your page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even, think anyone found out that joke. Even better. No, I, I no didn't bother click clicking it. through. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, no, maybe Royal, maybe Royal published your podcast from here on out because you are mm. banished. You're excommunicated. Okay. Um, and Charlotte's, Charlotte's half of the audio gets to stay. Though. <laughs> Charlotte gets to stay. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. No, I'll keep publishing Charlotte's half. Nice. Uh, but, nice. <laughs> but, uh, and, and when I guessed... When I guest on the upcoming Daniel Klaus episode, I will, of course, of course include my half. Um, so it'll mm-hmm. love a Charlotte half and a my half, which sounds like it makes a full episode. So I guess we should yeah. begin. Can I tell you, okay. can I tell you something? A, a true story before oh, we yeah, talk please. Fantastic Four. Please, please. I did not read the Fantastic Four, reread the Fantastic Four issues until this morning. Mm-hmm. The absolute last possible moment because I was mm-hmm. so into a Daniel Klaus graphic novel <laughs> that I started reading. Oh, weird. Uh, patience. <laughs> which, which one are you still on? It's, I started Patience still... last night. Patience, okay. And uh, cool. and I was so into it, I was like, I don't want to read Fantastic Fortnite. So anyway, yeah. If you want, Charlotte... if you want to hear that episode, we're all going to be recording about Daniel Klaus soon on Extra Issues. <clears throat> it should be going. Patreon.com. Yeah. yeah, it should be going. Uh, Charlotte, yeah. Zach, Fantastic yeah. Four, Wade Waringo. What do you think? I was I was a little like, yeah, this is fine. This was kind of fun last time, right? Like, uh, I liked it. Wasn't over the moon about it, but good solid like it kind of felt like you know it's like damning with faint praise i felt like (laughs) a little bit even though i didn't have any large complaints it has not totally shaken the feeling of like um a little too beholden to like the legacy of just just doing like i'm just doing fantastic four comics but i think wade has it's kind of something i've been saying about bendis He's pretty good about coming in for a ca- with new characters and then finding like new angles that kind of respect the legacy of the character, but then feel like they continue to push them into new directions. I think I like how Bendis does it a little more. I think Wade is a little bit still too like mm, in love with like 
old comics. <laughs> you know, it's just something I actually kind of don't get with Bendis. Um, I never really get Bendis feeling like just like he's drooling over like Stan and Jack in like 70s comics or whatever. But I get that all Wade, the time. Wade, Wade. is way more of a, yeah. a legacy guy for sure. Yeah. Um, this is all really good. I enjoyed this generally. No huge complaints. And we can get into more details and I want to find out what Charlotte thinks. But I do have to say... By far the best arc to me is the one we skipped. <laughs> so <laughs> if if you have read this long and you're just reading with the club, go back and read. And then you like this run. Make sure you're going back to read. I think it's 503 to 508. Uh, it's the run between last year's readings and this year's readings. It's where the Fantastic Four go to Latveria to deal with Doom's absence and uh, more or less take over Latveria as its new rulers. And it's really good. I think that's a, that's a great run. So we pick up like with the af- <clears throat> the aftermath of that run here. I'm getting a little choked up just thinking about uh, how things. Oh, are so happen. emotional, yeah. But yeah, Charlotte, what do you think? I think I pretty much agree. First of all, I agree that I think we skipped the best the best arc. The Latveria arc was the most interesting to me. We didn't skip anything. When I declare something a real wow, so look so no defensive. Skipping so, no had. one was attacking him and he if still no, if, Listen, if you can't listen when I say it's a read it all run, then I <laughs> guess you get to miss out on the best. Stuff. Look at the woke mob trying to make us forget <laughs> history. Shameful. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a lot to process. I really like that voice Dave was doing. That. <laughs> um, okay. No, yeah, Jack's aside, yeah. that that uh, that acts really, really good and interesting in that it shakes up the dynamics of the Fantastic Four, and I actually mm-hmm. like that. Like, then the next arc picks up with just uh, Reed, Sue, and and Johnny, and like, th- I think that allows them the abs- the absence of Ben allows them to do interesting things with their dynamics. And, like, it's a run that's very much focused on the familial dynamics of the Fantastic Four, which is always one of the more fun parts. Um, But then, oh, I don't know if if this is, like... I don't know if people love this arc or not, but the Heaven arc felt like CW Arrowverse. Oh, no, you know what? It felt, like, supernatural to me, (laughs) the the TV show Supernatural, (laughs) in, like, its portrayal of Heaven and, like, how you get back a Uh character that you just killed. Yeah. That was like I don't know that did nothing for me. The the homage fit did absolutely nothing for me. Uh, I was okay, like, yeah, oh, I, what I, a sweet homage! That's to what Jack we're gonna have to. Just like, oh, really? We have to camp out here because this is a big, yeah, like notable moment. I know about this moment. I think I might have even read this in the past. Like I definitely knew they were gonna. Yeah, meet I hadn't Jack read Kirby. it, but I knew about uh, Jack having got it. Yeah. It comes up every now and yeah. again as far as like Marvel continuity that you didn't know and. People talk about this scene, yeah. Yeah. Jack Kirby is God. Um, Dave, before Charlotte and I, you know, uh, cool are cool Kill the cynical teens who uh, <laughs> rip into cool this. cynical zoomers, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, what do you uh, What do you think of that specifically? The like, oh well, I guess we should set it up. Ben Grimm has died in the oh, last yeah. arc. <laughs> By the way, uh, spoilers may re- follow. <laughs> yeah, and well, as you're about to see, uh, it lasts four issues and you know what i don't mind i actually kind of like the death and immediate return of it doesn't feel like too cheap here i think it actually kind of works just as a whole narrative arc. i mean i feel like arc. it felt it feels um, it feels less cheap than like dragging it out for 15 issues and pretending like yeah, we don't know he's gonna come sure. back so, yeah. sure. exactly it's like the next issue after he dies it's like all right now we're on the quest to get ben grim yeah. um which actually does irritate me less than spending like three issues grieving pretending that we all yeah. don't know that the thing's gonna be back um okay so yeah ben Grimm has died reed richards is 
going to go get him back. You know, Reed Richards is obsessed and he's hyper-focused on this and uh, finds a way to use Dr. Doom's, the original machine that Dr. Doom blew his face off with to speak to his mother in heaven. Um, he's going to use it to transport them to heaven and find Ben Grimm. And then they get there and there's a bunch of, it's kind of a therapy session <laughs> outside of the pearly gates between all of them. And then uh, once they decide to get Ben Gr- Ben back or once they can get him back, they go into heaven on a tour. They're offered a tour by the creator, and um, it turns up to be Jack Kirby. Uh, okay, so Dave, what do you think about this, the Jack Kirby stuff? Okay, so specifically the idea that you get... Okay, so I think it's a cute answer to how do I do a superhero story where the Fantastic Four go to literal heaven and meet literal God. Um, it's a cute, and I, I, I don't think I can say that without sounding incredibly sarcastic. Yeah, <laughs> which is not entirely how I mean it. Um, it's a like it's a it's a reasonable solve on Wade's behalf, I think, because the mm-hmm. things you're butting up against here are okay. Like, am I doing full on Christian theology? Because this is this is a very Judeo Christian rendering of heaven. We have other religions in the world that we are not accounting for, right? Um, so, like, would that—are are you playing with, like, an actual Judeo-Christian god? Generally speaking, Marvel Comics will avoid that at all costs. Um, they don't want to commit to that and become full-on, you know, Christian religious doctrine, which is good. They shouldn't. Um, you know, I, I personally— prefer the Jim Starlin approach to all of this, which is, well, we just invent an entirely new cosmic pantheon that can overrule the Marvel Universe, and then you have your gods, your Asgardians, and your Olympians, and sure, your your heaven, where you can have angels and Lucifer and all these things, um, but they all fall under <laughs> the cosmic pantheon, and the one above all in these types of characters that have been established. Uh, so Wade's not He's he's not being controversial. He's not fighting against anything. He's really just doing a respectful nod and a wink to the king of comics, Jack Kirby, uh, which is smart. Um, it, it's a fun way to play with that. Again, I mean, Zach, you referenced this, but, like, the thing about Mark Wade is he loves superhero comics. Like, he loves them so much. He has been a fan since at least the 1970s. He is definitely from the Kirk Busiek school of... You know the uh, the Celestial Madonna saga is the best thing I ever read, right? School <laughs> yeah. of writer, yeah. yeah. And and so, and that often leads to really loving, careful sort of caretaker approaches to these characters. Um, I think the challenge I can have with Wade, who's great at superhero comics, like let's just put that on the table, right? It's just be clear. Um, the challenge I can have with Wade is there's usually there's nothing more to Wade than superhero comics okay Mm -hmm. which is an insulting thing to say about somebody because i know having talked to him he's got all sorts of sci-fi influences and other things in his life right this is not a human being who has only ever consumed superhero comics but i think a lot of times the superhero comics and just the body of work is is very sort of very much an ouroboros of of superhero stuff connecting anything itself we've talked about how in fantastic four with mike waringo just killing it and doing some of the best-looking comics we get in the early 2000s, that that approach actually really works. Um, that the Fantastic Four kind of needed a return to legacy and a return to their roots. 
and playing with some of these origin ideas, right? What if we reuse Dr. Doom's uh, attempt to get, visit his mother, right? Um, what if we what if we looked back on what actually made the team and why we named them the way we did and these sorts of things, right? And that stuff in these hands is, is handled very well. So anyway, long-winded way of saying, I think the, the moment here, because the other part of this too with having Jack Kirby as God is like you need a quick resolution. You know, the, he's not interested in dragging out Ben actually being dead or Ben not returning to the team. Yeah. Um, and Jack Kirby gives you a nod and a wink, but also like a practical solve of somebody who's just like, oh, yeah, I can just draw you. I mean, I do actually, honestly, the more complicated part of this, too, which I don't really think of this comic as being, but I suppose it's there, is kind of the meta element of the Fantastic Four, you know, finding God and finding he's a comic artist <laughs> and that they are drawn characters by a talented, imaginative artist. Um, that is not on un- it. That, that's a bit Morrison, you know, mm, that's a bit sure. Morrison animal, man. Yeah. Uh it's not really leaned into super heavily, but it, it does kind of work on that level as well. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty pro. I don't know. Did you all find it too cute? A little too cheeky? Yeah, I don't know if too cute. It's 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 a little sappy. It's a little saccharine, right? Like it's definitely. And I feel like he doesn't actually have that much gravitas that he gives to Kirby here enough that it like you know sold as being like the actual content outside of the concept. Uh, did much for me but the concept's okay i i don't know i don't mind it this doesn't irritate me i and something i do appreciate is stanley's not there yeah that's <laughs> and like and, and jack kirby just gets but he's not present yeah and it's almost like he's just like okay yep 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 all right thanks click hangs up the phone all right yeah that was my partner <laughs> like he's uh you know he's very dismissive of uh and you i feel like he's even kind of teasing stan lee like in the things that he's saying uh repeating that stan lee's saying yeah. on the phone yeah so right yeah that's kind of funny um yeah 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 it's it's okay i don't know I'm... i mean we are i i do want to point out though too like and we talk about this plenty but like we'd still take for granted that when you know comics and you obsess about them that like jack kirby has been given his due you know like it feels that way to me a lot of times because the people i listen to can't stop talking mm-hmm. about him mm-hmm but in the real world <laughs> right most yeah. most he MCU has not. people still know Stanley but not yes. Jack Kirby yes yeah. you know Jack Kirby yeah. has not been given his due yeah. i mean a disney just published a stanley yeah that stanley doc yeah that is yeah. that is completely devoid of of proper attribution to jack kirby you know and it's like i don't know you can swing too far like there's a there's a stanley biography by uh, the last name's Reisman, the good good comics journalist for a while and but that one is so heavily like Stan stole everything, kind of you know it's 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 all the negative stuff where it's like okay there's probably a healthier balance in re- in reality here, yeah. um, but anyway the point being the idea that like oh well Kirby's gotten his due he's fine actually no <laughs> actually still no so I don't mind this I don't mind being like yeah give him another look in this yeah, yeah I mean I don't necessarily dislike the idea of having Kirby as like the god figure here because also the, the thing is like it's not saying that in the marvel universe god looks like that because they very much say it's like oh this is everyone sees it the way they imagine it to be like uh, someone that believes something completely different would say see the same thing the same heaven quote unquote completely differently 
Um, which I guess I don't know what that means about the Fantastic Four, that they imagine God as being an artist, but okay, cool. Um, I, I guess maybe kind of what annoys me is... I don't know, Kirby felt too nice in this. Um, <laughs> you, you know, like, yeah. I, I've never met Kirby. Like, he died six years be- before I was born. Like, and I, But, like, from what I know, from what I've read about him, like, I don't know, the, the characterization of Kirby was kind of missing that gruff. Like, he very much, his personality kind of, like, is was similar to Ben in some ways because Ben is very much inspired from... He is very much Jack Kirby-like. And it feels like he was too much... In the comic, he feels so much like just the the nice kind of cute uh, god and, like, I don't know, maybe yeah. give him a bit more Jack-like personality. Uh, I also, like... I know it's, like, 15 years away that it's made canon. It's kind of annoying to me that in a story that is so much... I mean, it's literally doing an homage to Kirby... Um, and like knowing how important the, the direct link between Ben and Kirby is, that there is absolutely no acknowledgement of Ben being Jewish. And I know that's like that's not canon in the comic up to this point, but like people know, right? Like people who know about comics and about Jacoby know that Ben's supposed to be Jewish because he's supposed to be very similar to Jacoby. And it's in a story that's so much about heaven, it feels weird to not have that acknowledged at all. Um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, that, that's a good yeah. point, and I think that's that's where Wade and Waringo's rendering of heaven is very toothless. Um, yeah, it doesn't really commit to anything other than vague sort of understandings of angels, and I, it it's more like which I, it works for the has four where it's like well it's like going to another realm, it's like going to the negative zone. Yeah, that's how Sue yeah, puts that, it, yeah. and I think that works with this team, right? Um, but then it is, I don't know, it just kind of feels a bit hollow when it's like, okay, but it's not because there aren't massive amounts of people that worship the negative zone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and to the point that it influences society, culture, and law. Like, I don't know, it, it's very toothless. It's very safe. Yeah. yeah it's- and I wanted them to commit that this is the heaven of the Bible. And I wanted to meet <laughs> Yahweh and Jehovah. Like, there's and... a version of this story where that's what they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and we the put Jack the Cur- Jewish creator, Jack Kirby, in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I promise you, I promise you that Jack Kirby resolution is the one you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By comparison. Yeah. I, you have know, no, so you... I have no complaints about the heaven stuff. It it's, seems fine to me. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's just like, it's very fluffy i guess is the sure, thing and yeah. i i think i don't know i guess coming out of like coming out of authoritative action for example um the thing that this run can do incredibly well well first off is dr doom stuff um but second is like stories that border on like what ifs you know like it's almost like it's almost in that exiles alternate reality territory of like what if reed went mad and took over Latveria, you know and then it, but then it's careful enough to be like, this can happen in continuity. Here's how, and we can tell an ongoing story doing this that doesn't just sort of blow it all up, yeah. right? Um, which I appreciate about it. I mean, I think Bendis does walks a similar tightrope with Daredevil, just with the out storyline in general, where it's like, all right, if we have this big explosive change, how do we keep that ball rolling, right? If we keep upping the ante, how do we how do we keep that moving? Um, and you know the fantastic like Reed Richards taking over Latveria 
<laughs> and the Fantastic Four becoming treasonous war criminals, right? In some eyes, mm-hmm. like those are big things. <laughs> yeah, it's a big swing. To, yeah, to have and it to, works, yeah. you know, to have to navigate. Um, and then this run is, it actually kind of like deviates from, like the most in, like listen, I th- I thought the death of Ben was very emotional when I read it the first time for sure. I definitely get more emotional about Fantastic Four drama i've realized than any other franchise in marvel like i think it's the familial connections like when Mm. when tragedies happen in good fantastic four arcs it hits me with a poignancy that i don't know that i've ever experienced in any other marvel stuff honestly um and and this ben you know so i don't want to mitigate that but then it's like reading it now it's kind of like actually the most interesting follow-up here is not the journey to heaven to rescue ben it's Hey, what are y'all going to do about the fact that you publicly invaded another nation? <laughs> Took <laughs> unilateral yeah. action. Yeah, yeah. I, I find that stuff more interesting at this point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that stuff's, that stuff's really good. And like them having to, well, I don't know. He hasn't actually done that much with it yet, except that they're like now pariahs and they have lost all their money. And I think that's good. We just haven't seen it too much. Like that. that's kind of yeah. where this yeah. arc ends. So I'm curious to see like where the Fantastic Go... F- Fantastic Four go without being a brand anymore, mm-hmm. if that's, like, the direction it takes. Um, Waringo, very good. I like Waringo. I would not call him one of the best artists that we're reading right now. Like, I feel like, I don't know, any... We've been... It's, there's so much good art right now. Like, even uh, Juan... Is it Babilo? Babilo? Mm-hmm. Um, that we're reading later for She-Hulk. I'd, like, I'd put them right up with Waringo. And I actually kind of like Howard Porter more, who does the fill-in arc before this. Um, Charlotte, do you think that too? The uh, the arc. Yeah, I mean, I like Ruringo. I think yeah. he's very clean in a way that brings back to, I mean, that very Jacoby style, like very bright, very not stocky, but like yeah, the clear, thick lines and uh, and round. But like, it's it's very strong, but never impressive. I guess. Um, mm, it, yeah. it never really yeah. surprises you. Yeah. I, I'd say. Yeah. Um, it's not flashy. Yeah. It's definitely not mm. flashy. I mean, there's no... Uh, that's the thing about Waringo is, like, there's rarely kind of hints of any experimentalism or anything that yeah. that would stand out on a flashy front. I, the things that I love and the reason I, w- I would put Waringo on that level is mm. I just don't think anyone does that cleaner sort of... Almost like Bruce Tim Justice League Unlimited, just clarity of vision um, and expression... And it just, it, like, if you were going to point to, like, an alien and be like, this is the platonic ideal of what comics look like, you'd show him Michael Ringo, I think, a lot of times, right? Like, this like this is kind of nailing the vision of what, kind of what we think about when we think about superhero comics, at least to my mm, mind. And I, it's bright. Yeah, to me, it's, uh, it's uh, is it Milligan? Um, Mulligan? No. All red, all red, sorry. Uh, I was thinking Milligan and Allred on Ecstatics. Like, that to me Mike is... Mike Allred is, I, I think, by design... It, and even more, more like, the Kirby... More of sort of... I, I think Allred falls under a more um, auteurish sort yeah, of individualized too, style. He's subverting superheroes too much to... I mean, it goes with, like, what's going on with ex, with uh, yeah, Ecstatics, but, yeah. like, yeah, he... It's hard for me to put to picture him as, like the incarnation of what superhero comics are because like 
he's taking the counterpoint of that very much. And if there's, Allred, there's, there's if a Allred bit of an drew eye, Reed's yeah. face start, being yeah. scarred by Doom, it would be horrifying. <laughs> it would be, yeah. you know, it would be un, you know, unlookable. Um, yeah. So I, we don't have to agree. No, no. I'm, uh, um, I think it's it's not attacking world. No, I yeah. think it's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just I I think it's actually underrated because hmm. it it is very traditional feeling. I think a lot of times, but I do take a, a lot of respect for somebody who just always looks that good. You know, there's no misses. And like, we're going to talk about, you know, Iron Man next. <laughs> Phil, listen, I'm not a Philip Tan art fan, but that art is like trying similar things uh, in terms of just like structure. And it is, I think, pretty brutal. Um, and I think very distracting. I think Juan Bobillo, you know, is a, is a counterpoint is like, it's a more unique style. It fits what's going on with She-Hulk. There's there's a fair amount of good art <laughs> yeah. in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely, you know, Joe Quesada comes in, is editor chief. You know, he's an artist. Uh, he understands how to bring a new talent, I think, at this stage uh, pretty effectively. So, you know, listen, when, we're, when we're running up against lists right now that that consist of Alex Maleev and John Cassidy and, you know, maybe, I don't know if Michael Gatos is in this conversation, but for some folks he's going to be on Alias, just like different styles. You have options. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I do definitely for see sure. the yeah. like wearing those style as like the basis for superhero super superhero stuff because I I feel like a lot of the other ones are like Daredevil's art is really good but it's not like superhero art, for example. Um, and I think like wearing it to me is like like you said like very much that incarnation of pure superhero stuff. Uh, in a way that I think you know what I th- I'd say Mark Bagley at the same time is kind of that as well on. Um, on on Ultimate Spider-Man, sure. yeah, Bagley and him have a similar yeah. similar vibe. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, and uh, and to point out, yeah. I think his uh, his Fantastic Four. I think I've already said this. So like, he's improved so much since the '90s. Like, I like his flash art, okay, but like this is just so much better. It also helps. He has a good color. He's got good colors and a uh, good inker here. Well, Carl Kessel. I think it's Carl Kessel. Fantastic yeah. inker uh, and mm-hmm. artist in their own. Whereas right, on yeah. the Flash. <laughs> that run is actually really held back by some of the worst coloring I've ever seen in a like modern comic book. It's it's really terrible stuff. Um, um, something that Mark Wade is also pretty good at, which he doesn't lean into too much, um, is when he wants to do the silly like prank war stuff. Yeah, he can be really funny. There's a uh, well, I don't know because like five twelve and five thirteen are like half joke issues about Johnny dealing with his lack of fame and hanging out with Spider Man. <laughs> And the, like, water park fight goes on way too long. It's, like, two full issues of this this stuff. Um, That goes way too long. But he got, like, a couple big laughs out of me. I really, like... (laughs) Johnny's just really, like, sweating the fact that everyone hates him as a superhero now. And he's trying to... He goes to Spider-Man to, like, you know, how do you deal with it? How do you help me deal with this? And he finds out, like, that... um, the Human Torch t-shirts are all just, like, were dumped in a dumpster and a bunch of homeless people are putting them on. But people are, like, <laughs> still being, like, Ugh, do I have to wear this? And, like, a homeless kid is, like, Mom, I don't want to. And <laughs> the mom's, like, it's fine. You can turn it inside out. <laughs> Johnny, like, coming across that is so funny. Um, and then in a newsstand, he comes across a thing that says, like, most eligible bachelor. And it shows that it's always been Spider-Man, but this year it's him. And then he moves the sign it actually says least eligible bachelor and like Mm. those jokes really got me um i think that's like i really like that mode of fantastic four the like comedy stuff and uh and this was like oh you can actually do this because the quips and stuff i don't know if he's as good at that like 
whip stuff doesn't tickle me. Sometimes borders on offensive. Uh, he says some <laughs> says a really nasty thing about Anna Nicole Smith. He's um, very like fat phobic and classist. Um, There's a lot. The one of the biggest challenges, definitely reading these comics, just very broadly, not even weight specific, and we've talked about this before, is like early two thousands humor can get pretty gross pretty fast by yep. today's standards. Um, but it's not far enough removed <laughs> that we have that built in or that I have that built in sort of like, oh, it was the sixties, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, like sure. it's just, I, it's like, what this like, was, yeah, I that Nichols was yesterday yeah. and it's like, yeah. well, it was 20 yeah, years yeah. ago. Um, but not, you know, not to excuse it, but it's also, it's just like, man, is that, is that everywhere? We're going to see that in the dance lot. She Hulk stuff. Well, sure it does. Well. It does speak to like an editorial sameness, right? You can kind of yeah. tell that like. There's something, even if you didn't know what was going on behind the scenes, you can kind of tell there's a kind of guy that they like to work with and like to hire because they all kind of get, have the same, and you know, I I don't want to ascribe this to Mark specifically, personally, but like in the writing, in a bunch of the writing we've read, like I said, this kind of like smugness and the smug, like little bit being above culture and a little like snotty (laughs) and uh, about, you know, like celebrity and culture. But it's weird because they also like, he speaks out of both sides of his mouth here where like celebrity is something to be like mocked and belittled and like pointed out that you know the peons who just you know lap up whatever garbage lowest common denominator thing is put in their dog somebody's been bowl. somebody's been reading their daniel klaus eight ball is that what's in there well, that's some daniel klaus language right <laughs> okay. there yeah yeah <laughs> thank you um but then at the same time there's a ton of stuff here where he mentions like three or four times where it's like America doesn't what do they love more than t- tearing a celebrity down like and it, it's actually very it's just pre-cancel culture being like Ugh, cancel culture strikes again <laughs> um, I don't think that's exactly the tone because that's more loaded now but the like it's it's strange it kind of feels like he's weirdly defending celebrities and being like people are so quick to judge celebrities and then he's just making like mean comments about celebrities so i don't know it's kind of annoying <laughs> the whole tone of it yeah um, i mean that like yeah, smug but... tone is very much i mean this is the this is the marvel era baby this is bill jemis uh yeah <laughs> so yeah. yeah i don't know like that yeah that feels yeah like it, that's... it's when that becomes unhinged yeah. and totally let free it becomes marvel yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah which yeah, is the worst comic book of all time uh yeah, I, sure. I think yeah. generally though you know the I think the Spider-Man Human Torch thing, yes, that should have been one issue. Um, that said, I really love that there's space for it. I mm-hmm. love that Wade Waringo mm-hmm. makes space for it. Um, like we said with the Johnny and Ben prank war stuff, it's like, yeah, this is great. Like, this should absolutely, this is a, a crucial part of Fantastic Four DNA to make space for stuff like this, to just like, yeah, just like have dumb fun, <laughs> you know? Like, mm-hmm. like lean back and let Johnny be a hothead. And have a goofy relationship with Spider-Man. Um, not everything. Need- and especially, too, after the we literally went to heaven to rescue our dead friend <laughs> arc. It's like, yeah, this is the perfect come down from that. Uh, so, yeah. Flaws and yeah, all. It's re- like, it's a smart It's very good. Yeah. And he, do- he does a good job with Spider-Man. He actually is writing better quippy Spider-Man than I feel like even JMS has been doing. He has a couple. Like, him and Johnny uh, are very fun together. Um, I think uh, there's yeah, a lot of writers. I was going to say this earlier. I think Amazing Spider-Man is... Oh, no, I guess Wade does does actually come on the title for a bit. He's never had a sustained run. 
mm. on Spidey, but I guess actually he does have a moment. Um, no, but I was going to say is like sometimes when writers who aren't writing Spider-Man and haven't before get the chance to come in, because we see this with Dan Slott in She-Hulk and do Spider-Man for the first time, mm-hmm. it's like it's like a band's first album. You know, it's like every every good idea they've ever had <laughs> goes into this one issue, you know, yeah. where it's, which is cool. Like, that's great. Like it's, it's cool that he brings that out in creators um, to the point where they're like, all right, this might be the only shot I get. I feel yeah. like he's attitude a lot of times. Uh, and then it's funny, obviously in the case of slot, he got more shots than literally anyone ever in history beyond that point. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, I, I think sometimes it, it stands out by comparison to JMS. Who's like, well, I kind of have to spread these out. <laughs> like I kind of have to, I kind of have to make these ideas last because I'm going to be on this for at least six more issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We're going to talk about Dan Slott soon, but uh, Dave, Dave, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> is that the question? <laughs> uh, so I, I, this is, mm, I, this is not damning the book by saying a, why'd you do it? Cause I actually, Think, I, think I, th- I feel like the why here is pretty clear. The why here should be pretty clear. Okay, is it just because it's so political? Is it just because of the big twist of making a superhero politician? Because that's kind of a new wrinkle. You're you're so, close, but you're understating it. Okay, go on, tell me. It, it's not that I uh, think this is bad. Uh, Tony I just Stark. Kind of... <laughs> Tony Stark got sworn in as the Secretary of Defense of America. Uh-huh. Okay, so it's just that. <laughs> he's not okay. just go. He's not just turning politician. He's not yeah. just running a campaign. He is sworn in as the actual Secretary of Defense of the United States of America in, specifically, the George W. Bush administration during the the (laughs) first, like, months of the invasion of Iraq. So it is not just loosely political. (laughs) It is is very specifically about the most political Iron Man has ever gotten, except, you know, the comics don't totally reflect that. But conceptually, conceptually, it's like... We have to address the fact that Tony Stark was sworn in as Secretary of Defense. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I don't like these comics. Let me be clear. I don't like this story much. I, it's it's not actually... It's like there's a version of this that definitely is like one of the worst things you've ever read. It's not that. Sure. Uh, I actually like um, John Jackson Miller quite a bit. Um, and uh, I, I don't like... But the writer on this, as we can talk about. John Jackson Miller is, okay. the, is the writer. Um, but, it's his uh, first thing ever. Uh, I looked up. This was like their first comic that really? they got to do for like a big publisher. Mm-hmm. Thing? Oh, yeah. This, uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, John Jackson goes on yeah. to do a really cool Knights of the Old Republic Star Wars stuff. And yeah, that's what I saw. If I'm not mistaken, is the same person who runs Comicron, which is like the best comics data <laughs> the, website. A, kill, a killer <laughs> robot uh, that kills. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right, I have no idea what Comicron is. You said that. Um, no, no, <laughs> like it's an awesome. It's, that, that is like the comic sales website. Oh, okay. For anybody who cares about history of the medium and sales and all that stuff uh, mm, that is mm, that is the go-to and just like a wealth of absolute wealth of information about that um which is great because that like that's the that's the source then when people are like comics are dying and it's like comicron sales are up year over year <laughs> it's like yeah okay. it's like it's the absolute proof um anyway long story short i i felt the why was pretty clear not because it's good comics but because uh, tony stark became secretary of defense we also haven't touched an iron man comic in i don't know how long I guess uh, Heroes, what was it called? Return? Uh, Heroes Reborn or whatever. Yeah, Heroes think, Return. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so it's been like five, six years since we've read anything Iron Man. It is nice to check in. Um, is it? I actually kind of think that Miller has like, especially knowing this was his first comic, I'm like, yeah, you kind of got chops. 
You know, yeah. like this is written okay. I, I think like the writing works okay. The pacing is all right. Um, for being for a story that on the outside I think would be really boring uh, sounding to me, I think it isn't necessarily that boring. It gets a little messy, like plot wise, introducing like one unnecessarily extra villain at the end here. Um, I mean, all my problems with it, and they are they ruin the comic. They're you know they, they they're poison to it are like the politics of it uh it is you know un I, I, it's unbearable stuff so how <laughs> would like how would you actually it? describe the politics of this because the reason i ask is so we see this in fantastic four authoritative action as well in american invasion stories <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> unilateral <laughs> action stories real hot real hot right now um obviously comics you know we're in 2004 here they're reflecting the post 9-11 landscape of America, the war on terror in the George W. Bush administration. Uh, but also, this is like, okay, we've invaded Iraq now. Um, Zach, I don't know about you, but I, I remember where I was when, like, that announcement came through. Like, I happened to be being driven to baseball practice in a friend's dad's car, and he had the news on, and it was like, America declares war. And I was like, this is a big deal. Like, I wasn't politically aware, really, at all. Um, didn't have any real knowledge about that. But it was like, you know, it definitely was like, oh, wow. This, and I remember the protests, and I remember kind of the feeling, you know. So, you know, it was, I don't know that I was, like, on the edge of my seat all the time in terms of, like, terror, you know, or anything like that. But it was, like, it was pretty pervasive in terms of the war on terror. And obviously 9-11 had happened, and it was like, well, something else could happen, right? That was real. Uh, so Marvel Comics are reflecting that, but they're this one reflects it very directly and a lot of the comics that i select for the club are are among those that don't like captain america right now reflects it very directly if you read captain america during this era um prior to the brubaker stuff uh we're not reading a lot of that you know so in iron man we get to see you know actual quote-unquote dealings with Mm -hmm. america's involvement in iraq with the rumors of weapons of mass destruction i i'm curious what you think of the politics because i think this this arc i think miller is trying to sort of hide it behind yeah, yes, the supernatural yeah. right so uh, you you say what you think yeah well it's so it's to me it's the kind of like and i don't know if this is the case and again don't know these people but like I, it has the feeling as as if they <laughs> if we asked them they would be like well we're, we're not trying to get like political with this right like we're not trying to take a stand about this yeah it's just showing it as it is and that exact thing means that like it totally props up the entire endeavor <laughs> right so like it's just like the war in iraq is a given it is you know it is what the americans say it is it's a good thing it can get messy and sometimes you know troops are under supported and casualties happen you know innocent bystanders get caught in the crossfire but you know the the mainstream message of why we're here is true and honest and portrayed with a straight face and there's no you know moralizing about it whatsoever i mean i wouldn't want that necessarily because that's also pretty boring like iron man goes to stop the iraq war and makes a speech to the troops about how this entire thing is a you know, moral travesty. I mean, there would have uh, been a real boldness to that in 2004. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There would have been. But, you know, like, because I was thinking, who else? It, the thing is, you don't get to make a comic if you take a hard stand on it, right? And so it doesn't take much of a stand at all. That's kind of the thing. But by t- yeah. taking a, you know, a middle ground stand, you're just standing with the status quo of things, which is this an enormous well, military invasion. I mean, Tony Stark is participating in the iraq war yeah like like but it definitely it never damns him but it definitely isn't like being like 
gung-ho, you know, jingoism either, or at least, you know, not like blatantly, right? It doesn't, it feels like it's not trying to be propaganda, no, no, but then no. that's It's like, he's, he's the nice guy. Scariest propaganda. Caught up yeah. in the, the Iraq war, uh-huh. but it's like, right. you know, 20, 20 years <laughs> later, you know, we condemn him. <laughs> yeah. We can well, even at the time, some, dance. You know, I mean, I didn't know at the time because I was too busy making out with a new person every night. So. Every night. Every I'm night. tired of having sex. Yeah. So oh, tired. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Charlotte doesn't know what you're saying. <laughs> no idea, but yeah, sure. I I say as if I wasn't like five when that album came out. <laughs> hey. Hey, um, Pinkerton has legs, baby. Pinkerton yeah, has legs. Uh Charlotte, what what's your reaction to all this um being not but a wee babe when uh when these things were really happening? Yeah, so like I I I feel like just from not having been I was four when <laughs> the Iraq war happened. So like mm-hmm. I that's not even in my memory what that was like at the time. Um and so because most of my like of what I know of those events has come through like media, um, including sure. fictional media. I guess like I have definitely less points of reference than you have. Also because like it was less a part of French stuff than American stuff. Um, did that make sense at all? Um, yeah. So I I have less reference in the way that like oh we we know you weren't involved no I know okay. we, <laughs> we, remember, we renamed our French we fries for our freedom <laughs> fries baby yeah. oh, that's right um yeah, I forgot about that uh, no but like when, when Zach was making out Charlotte you better believe there were no French kisses happening I'll tell you <laughs> I, these were freedom kisses <laughs> so yeah it's I have more of like a, a vague general annoyment at like not tending, taking any kind of stance and just being like, yeah, the war is cool, I guess. Um, uh-huh. It's so <laughs> yeah, weird sure. to me that this, like, this of all comic is the one where they say, where they say like, oh yeah, we're going to put the actual president in this and going to tell you to yeah. what's actually yeah. really going on because they, Marvel never does that. Like, well, see, but they used to. Like, that. Yeah. I, I find this kind of fascinating because there's a stretch really Trump is just kind of the end of we can put the president in our comics. Um, Maybe the second Obama term, I don't know. Like maybe it's starting to heat up where there's just kind of this like feeling of the polarization is so hot that we just don't even want to mess with using the real president. But like there's a real comfort to putting George W. Bush in comics, right? It's in the ultimate universe. It's right here. We saw Clinton in the, in the Wade cap stuff. Right. right. Um, Just very, very directly being like, here's the president and here are words they are saying Um, with Reagan. I actually don't remember Reagan as much uh, outside of Mark Greenwald turning him into a snake. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And obviously Nixon. That's the only way to deal with him. You know, uh, uh, there's some cap satire and stuff where it happens. But anyway, I just feel like, yeah, there's like. Oh, by satire, do you mean he was a secret Nazi who committed suicide yeah. in the Oval yeah. Office. Yeah, classic satire. <laughs> at the end yeah. of Secret Empire there. Some light um, satire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, my point being, I think if I had to guess, I think I would say George W. Bush is the most visually referenced. Like, there is such comfort. And I don't know that it necessarily comes from a place of agreeing with the politics so much as just, like, feeling like he's fair game. I I don't know. Do, do either of you get this sense? I mean, I I know. knew I know what you mean that he's more visible for sure. I don't know where it comes from, but it's also um, that like 
the early 2000s are our time where I feel like superhero comics specifically respond way more to what's going on with politics, with the war on terror, with post 9-11, mm-hmm. both with the Ultimate mm-hmm. Universe and some of the stuff that's going on in 616. So that like the political life of America and the world at large is way more present in the world of the superheroes and therefore the actual figures of that life will be a part of the comic, especially when yeah. the comic, like Captain America comics or in this case Iron Man, directly tackles like the military and stuff like that. Um, right, right. I, it is so weird to me that like, to me, Iron Man is the character that's like, he used to be a weapons dealer and then he realized how horrifying and terrible that was and decided to drive all of his like enterprises and, and money into doing something different and something better. And maybe that's like more of the MCU thing, because I feel like maybe it's not as clear in the comic that that's what the origin of Iron Man is. Like maybe in the comic he's more willing to, to still use weapons and, and deal with that uh, than in the movies. But like... It's weird to me that there is no questioning of even just like, and then being like, yeah, I used to be a weapon uh, arms dealer and like I changed that. So why am I this okay with like very, like very dangerous weapons being used in a very real war? Like that feels, yeah. there is a, a character clash to me in that story of like, that's, I don't know, that's, that doesn't feel like Iron Man, you know? No, he's now he's responsibly overseeing yeah. the use. Of those weapons. I mean, it is... I think the the arc is trying to lean into, like, a competency porn aspect a little bit. Like, he comes in and he's the smartest guy in the room. We get to see him fix, you know, the bureaucracy and the politics and the, you know... I gotta say, competency porn sounds like the most boring porn. (laughs) This is not doing Man, it's not. I watch so much of that on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, it's that kind of like watching someone just be really good at stuff. That's like half the appeal of Mad Men. Watching Don Draper lay out an ad. Just be great at ads. Just lock eyes with somebody and, you know... I actually, I actually mute it until he's giving a presentation, and then I, <laughs> yeah. then I turn it. I off. only like the advertisements. Um, yeah. The yeah, I I kind of agree. Shy. I mean, the 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 incongruency for me is the superhero mixed with the war stuff because at one point there's like suicide. They're not bombers. They're like suicide acid spewers here. They're suicide and, paintballers uh, until they're like, right. wait, those paintball guns have acid. <laughs> have living acid and they start spraying it at like a convoy of uh military uh, vehicles and the soldiers just shoot one and iron man's like no wait we gotta talk to him yeah <laughs> yeah like, I, also, that was the silliest thing I've also ever seen. did i miss something is tony stark out as iron man now like does everybody yeah, apparently. know okay yes, i yeah, i maybe. thought that hadn't happened yet i will be completely honest yeah but they yeah. they know the secretary of defense is iron man because i, I mean he puts on I the suit thinking, like in front of but him. i yeah, like yeah. i was thinking the same thing dave tell me if we should cut this but isn't that a thing in civil war doesn't doesn't he come out as Iron Man in civil war uh does it, do no. i remember that wrong no okay I, he does not okay um, i thought that was that was a thing. another okay. another character does yeah, no, yeah, that I know, but I, I thought the, the two were... Okay, never mind. All right, all right. He's out, enough, he's enough. out by that. Okay. I, I have one other thing to, to mention about this, because we got to move on. But uh, Vitriol, the um, the main antagonist here, I think really sucks. This character is the, like... Yeah. This is the one of those super clear examples of them being like, here, it's a character with, you know, a real axe to grind, but... They go too far... I don't even know what it's trying to say. It's, it's a woman, a Kurdish woman... 
whose family has just been betrayed by America over yeah. and over it's, and over again. And has that, like, because, weird, you know. very orientalism thing of, like, oh, she's a super-powered per- person, but, like, in, an- in another country, so those dumb non-Americans will think she's a goddess uh, that they do often. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, right. Oh, man, she's hot and naked. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. you noticed that. Um, and then also, like, there's a bunch of... It's so funny how badly this aged in, like, two years from now because like tony stark's like yeah like oh we did such you know we did abandon the kurds you know in the 80s and then again in the 90s and we just you know we keep abandoning you we keep you know fueling uh (laughs) like mass murder of your ethnic group Mm -hmm. but like we're here for you and then it's like uh, like clockwork 2007 i think we absolutely just we let step back and let turkey just uh annihilate so many more cards again and it just happens again and Something then you know, about history what, and 2020 itself, yeah. i don't remember how the saying goes god it's i do yeah, but... want to step in and recommend 20th century men Ooh, either yeah. you read this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i just finished but... it like a week ago uh-uh. and it came out last year it's written by uh dennis camp and uh i i don't know the artist's name but the artist is flipping incredible um and it is it is everything you would want. <laughs> it it is everything that you want in terms Stipen of Stipen like, Morian, by the way. Stipen Morian. In terms of having actual commentary Stipen, and things to say and a well rounded perspective on a story that is superheroes in like eighties Afghanistan, essentially. And that sounds like if I just say, Oh, it's superheroes in eighties Afghanistan, there's probably some of you who are like rolling your eyes and you're like, Why would I check that out? Just trust me when I say it is so much that more. art looks really good yeah yeah it is so much more than that and it is just like expertly handled it is the it is my biggest miss of 2022 because i started it i read like the first two and i kind of didn't see it i didn't see like I, I like i just knew i was like i'm gonna have to read this whole thing so i wasn't as on top of it last year as i should have been but it is flipping incredible so if you if this comic lets you down which it did <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah check out 20th century Men. sure oh yeah, uh, yeah. All right, uh, I want to rectify something I said a long time ago, which is that I said, I was like, Dan Slot, and then I was like, I wish he was cool so I could call him Dan Slut, but he's not, so what? I can't, because <clears throat> it would be a cool nickname if you were, like, a cool guy. <laughs> Why would you bring this back? If I said something like that, I would never reference it again. I would hope everyone forgot <laughs> that I ever Well, said. I didn't say that about him. I said that I couldn't use that nickname on him, but here's oh, what okay. I was missing out. The clear nickname for him is Dan Slut Shame, because yeah. <laughs> that's Hello. the tone of this comic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it kind of it it's it's not as foregrounded as I expected. No, it would be, but it's there, and it's a bummer. And it's like it's the elephant in the room, I think, for this run, which I think actually has a lot to recommend it. But that like veneer of like you know, write a woman who's having problems that don't express themselves through uh, being boy crazy and drinking. A lot and like being a party girl i'm like well man they really do this a lot huh like this yeah. is kind of the yeah the like let's get real with like a female character well she's a party girl and she can't settle down like janet van dyne was this in like 1962 right <laughs> it was, right, right uh kind of strange anyway i guess that's the thing about she hulk 2004 by dan slot and one we here so they land on something conceptually that is flipping great mm-hmm. um yep. a superhero law office that Jen Walters becomes a lawyer for, it is a perfect setup for an ongoing comic book. 
<laughs> right? You get a new case that explores a corner of the Marvel Universe. You take this legal aspect. Like, conceptually, it's brilliant. It's great. It's it's damage control meets John Byrne She-Hulk, right? Mm-hmm. It's set in 2004. The premise, though, for why you have to get to that point, <laughs> like you're saying, Zach, yeah. is so muddled because it's like Jen's having a really good time and hooking up with hot models. And then uh-huh. there's just this weird <laughs> undercurrent and, and of it's Tony like and... Perf- it's not ruining. It's like she's nothing bad is happening. A, right? Yeah, she's yeah. kicking ass as an Avenger. She's killing it professionally. Like her law career, <laughs> yeah, is going really well. She's doing she's, so great. And then she's also like letting her hair down and relaxing at night and like is there, partying a little too hard for the. Is there boys. any like? Is there any drama here in terms? Because like, there's just the sense, and then Tony and Captain America are like. We're worried about you. You're partying too hard. They kick her out of Avengers Mansion, and it's just like, wait, what? What has she done wrong? Like, it, if, if there was an incident, right, and it's like, oh, she was so drunk, she messed up, or she, yeah. you know, she missed an Avengers call because, like, none of that stuff happens. It's such a whiff. Yes. I don't get it. Yeah, like the it, only it like, the only oh, detail is like, oh, okay, fair enough, is that she's bringing people at Avengers Mansion, which is like a, a high security level clearance. Sure, thing. sure, sure. But like. That doesn't feel like and that's Jarvis the thing is the, being, the, the, oh the story Jarvis is focusing so on. Judgy. Jarvis is really judgy Jar- for someone who was like very horny for Tigra in the eighties. I remember Jarvis. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't forgotten. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Oh, is this a another one of your boy toys, Jennifer? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, oh okay. god, it stinks. Um yeah, it's strange. Like the worst thing that happens to her professionally is that her Avengers job interferes with her lawyer job in that like She's too good at being an Avenger, and it's uh, like swaying the jury. <laughs> well, and that <laughs> you know? so like that it's actually like, messes up okay. her her law career in a way that is, I you know that that's fun. I think right. Yeah, it's that's like, good. She I swayed like that, the yeah. jury because she saved the world. So now all juries are influenced by Jen to the point that she can't deliver in court um, against this law firm, right? So like that's that's fine. But again, that has nothing to do with. Yeah, <laughs> this this descent into you know Dionysian uh, depravity. <laughs> yeah, right. It's never... that apparently she's on. Yeah, yeah. It's so. It's, like, it's so she's strange. also it like sleeping just... with the same male model multiple. Like that's just a boyfriend at that point. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Not even like. Yeah. Who oh. who also like criticizes her for not having depth? But I'm like, are you kidding? Like, but we see the like. It's so strange. It just feels like it, it's a weirdly like a baked in assumption that this is a bad thing. You know, that's the kind of thing is that, like, you will know and understand that, like, this is not good, healthy behavior to be (laughs) having fun and professionally successful and sexual. Like, (laughs) this is a bad thing to do. So, like... They forgot to put in the moral of the story. (laughs) They forgot to put in anything bad happened. So, okay. So, we... That that is a mess, and it has to be talked about. Um, Moving Pat... Because all of that, too, is kind of just, like... Okay, you're just you're forcing us into where you want to go here, which is She-Hulk has to accept her her alter ego, Jen Walters, and Jen Walters has to do the same, and they also simultaneously are going to be the superhuman lawyer at this new thing, which again, conceptually, one of the one of the most entertaining ideas since Damage Control. Yeah. Handled with some real charm and humor and, and a love for the Marvel universe. You know, we talked about Wade and the love for the Marvel universe. If you like superhero comics slots pulling from all corners here, right? Um, Bomba is having fun with it in design. Mm, uh, I, good art. Once, I like that once art this lot, gets yeah. going into that vein, I like it. 
Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's generally like the Spider-Man issue. The, so the, the probably the most memorable issue is issue four here, where Jen says, "Hey, Spider-Man, you can sue J. Jonah Jameson finally, right?" And it's uh, it's clearly written with just a tremendous affection for the history of Spider-Man, um, for the history of J. Jonah Jameson, and then also with like a really good Spider-Man twist at the end of it. Where that's a, it's a great joke. That yeah. that yeah. joke at the end. Of bringing in Peter Parker as you know a um, as part of the lawsuit that he's also being sued a lot. Like Spider Man ends up accidentally suing because Spider Man is is winning the lawsuit at this point, right? Like Spider yeah. it oh, seems like, like Jonah's going to owe right? him like... massive amounts in defamation because JJJ used to be a supervillain. Like <laughs> in always <laughs> right. except name, he was a supervillain. <laughs> At least, like, a manipulator of super... You know, he yeah. was the, the puppet master of many super... He literally created so the scorpion yeah. in the spider slayer. Yeah. Yeah. And it uses that continuity in a fun way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's... Yeah. It's... It's... Uh, it's fun. I'm... I'm annoyed that I like this one. Because <laughs> I... <laughs> I know. I was I, going I didn't like into it that much, Because I've I, read some way. later <laughs> issues of that run that I actually very much dislike. And I hadn't run... I hadn't read the first few, like, the initial issues of the run... I like this, except for the like searching this. I like this. I like the ideas. I think it it has some good jokes. The the Spider Man issues is the Spider Man issue is really good, um, and the whole like superhero lawyer firm is, is really fun. Um, I, I think like later issues that I've read very much loosen up on the like kind of detach themselves from the like just regular person part of She-Hulk where she like here she's still like hanging out with her colleague Pug who's just like a normal guy like she has a normal life on top of the the superhero shenanigans uh, and the two intermingle and I've read some later issues where it's just like full doing anything weird superhero stuff that doesn't that's not that funny and just feels very loosened up and without an emotional emotional core um mm. here i think that like, there's a good balance between like the wild weird superhero stuff and the like just normal day she's a she's a no she's a lawyer that just like lives a normal life in a completely weird context um yeah. which is really fun uh, yeah i, I am, like these issues i am at this stage you know i'm 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 on edge with the dan slot approach of just taking a popular tv show and making a comic about that. So, like, you know, She-Hulk is Ally McBeal. The Silver Surfer they do is Doctor Who. And then Iron Man is kind of an attempt at a Black Mirror. And there's a certain just, like, read-if-you-like approach yeah. to the hook that I find very irritating. I don't mind. All artists have influences, right? Like, everyone is pulling from things. And, again, here, like, the execution of the hook is really good. It gives She-Hulk a very unique advantage point in the Marvel Universe, right? It's a great character to do this with, you know? You couldn't really do this with Daredevil, you know? The other mm-hmm. famous lawyer oh, yeah. in the yeah. Marvel Universe. Yeah, um, that's a good point. But I do, there is a part of me that is just like, I don't know, the theft is too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the, the cookie crumbs are all over your hands, you know? And, and I find that increasingly irritating. But again, you know, to your point, Charlotte, like, the, once you get past issue one... And kind of the conversations around why this has to happen, the actual law office and Jen getting involved in all these scenarios is really fun stuff. Yeah. That uh, that I don't think we've read before. The <clears throat> I and even well, I will say like he's a little wordy. I think he doesn't have like a great great ear for dialogue. Like he puts too many like filler words in of like well um 
you see to like convey a casualness but it kind of actually drags down the, the pacing of reading so like i don't think they're perfect but uh yeah they do go they go down pretty quick and overall like they're kind of fun little like gimmick like gimmicky little things i don't know how long this could be sustained how many of these cases i'd want to read we'll right. see maybe a dozen before i'm like okay i think i got it but uh it needs to have something larger going on well and that's probably, the so or, like it very sure. much has a television episodic structure right now right yeah. where each mm-hmm. issue is a new case in exploration marvel universe and then i think the challenge is going to be like okay but what is the you know because the the thing comics can do that other mediums struggle with or i guess the tv is increasingly good at right is just kind of like okay but what's the through line of all these things and Mm -hmm. i think there's kind of a i think that's where this run is not on great footing because it's the through line is kind of like jen's acceptance of her nature as she hulk in these things and i think on an emotional individual level i don't think that conversation is especially well there's a really good there's a really good review of this entire run on uh, comic book herald um if interesting, you've interesting. Uh, been over to that website it's uh by vishal gulapali yeah um and uh yeah i don't know if you've either of you have read that yeah yeah it's, uh, it's pretty good criticism <laughs> nope he hates that website <laughs> i think i think that that is the article that uh that damn slot blocked me over on Twitter. really just an assumption because at, at some point I went to like <laughs> so funny how... some people were talking about him, so I went to look at his profile and I was blocked and I was like, oh okay, um, and I I suspect it was because we published a even-handed fair review <laughs> <laughs> of She-Hulk. I wonder if yeah, it's it's very. I mean, it, he hasn't blocked the My Marvelous Year account. Do you think if I just tweet uh, Dan Slutshame, <laughs> um, it will? I think if you tweet that, I will once again have to revoke your credentials and change the passwords. Uh, A regular occurrence when you were on Twitter. Thank heavens you're Mm -hmm. not any longer. (laughs) Yeah, remember that milk that poster, (laughs) that milk meme that I put up of you sexually forcing me to drink milk? (laughs) Speaking of. Uh, yeah, so, all right, any final thoughts? Oh, oh, wait, uh, we, we should talk about the one joke from this that I see on Reddit, like, every four months it gets posted. It is, Which like, is that? it is the joke where Spider-Man is on the stand. Oh, yeah. Again, okay. talking about J. Jonah Jameson, and um, he's, like, the reason why J. Jonah Jameson hates me all along is that he's, that is, is that I'm black. And J. Jonah Jameson is like, I, well, I didn't know. I just, some of my best friends are blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, I'm just kidding. And everyone burst out laughing. And it's very embarrassing for J. Jonah Jameson. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I, I think this is a kind of an interesting joke because I think, I actually kind of think it works for me in a, in a little bit more of a vacuum. There's like a world in which I can see this working fine. Uh-huh. But then I look at the landscape of Marvel and yeah. I'm like... Yeah, like, name a black person. I was going to say, it'd <laughs> be know, funnier like, if there was any black character in the comic. <laughs> or yeah, and in the if comic I could remember period, the last time like, I've read a comic about, I guess Black Panther is the only one I can think of. Very rare. It's, well, it, you know, true. I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, black superheroes oh, are yeah, and the crew. pretty rare. And then, like, yeah, it's just extremely, like... I like this joke In, in the context of this. So, I yeah. actually, I'll just, I'll admit to having similarly conflicted feelings about it. I was like... I actually think the setup is fairly well done, but I feel like I should feel weird about it, frankly. I obviously have not 
<laughs> develop these thoughts in a, in enough of a manner. But I did like this joke better in um, uh, what's the home? Uh, no, not Homecoming. What's the most recent Spider-Man? Uh, no Way Home. No Way Home. Thank you. Uh, yes. Jamie oh, Fox, I know. You, yeah. Jamie Foxx yeah. says to uh, Andrew Garfield, he's like, "Oh, I thought you'd be black," and he's disappointed about it. Yeah. You you have an actual black character <laughs> having a conversation yeah. about it, and it kind of it's funnier. And it yeah. also, but it yeah. highlights the same sort of the same gag of it, which is you're always under a mask. We don't know. You could be any race. Yeah. Like that's, you know, it's like, that's, that's kind of, the but also point. like in the way home, the jokes on Peter as the white guy in that interaction and in, yes. the, in she Hulk, like, well, there's no black person in that interaction at all. So. Yeah. There's no black person in the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's maybe where it's missing. Yeah. 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 It feels a little less like knowing, uh, and it feels a little bit more like, cause I read a few more issues of this, you know, just Dan Slott, like, he gets some jokes about uh, She-Hulk secretly being a man. Uh, oh, boy. You know, people just make make fun of her for being like, yeah, broad shoulders and, you know, deep voice. You know, what are you hiding, She-Hulk? Like that kind of stuff, which is... Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, later on. So, but, you know, and it just stands thought, I'm sure it's just, you know, it's just cheap, easy jokes. So it, it kind of feels more like that than like I, any kind of thoughtful joke. There's no punchline to it. Besides, I don't think this like, is nearly as bad as that. I guess I just want to be clear. No, 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 no. Definitely is, not, for sure. I'm just no saying it's not kind of under there's no commentary. Malice. There's way. just, I think to both of your point, there's no black individual in the room. Creative yeah. Yeah. horror um, yeah. on the page, kind of right? I think that's kind of where it's like, okay, I don't, I don't think that actually feels quite right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I just thought we should bring that up because I, I recognized this i was like oh i've seen this page many sure. many times posted online because it's a very like well uh loved i just think there's a way funnier version of that comic where like robbie robert robertson Do is it, at the Charlotte, center of right. it and just looks at jonah like oh really jonah <laughs> like if <laughs> robbie robertson yeah. was in that interaction they could be very easily funnier sure mm, yeah. yeah 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 but again it doesn't feel rooted too much in, no like, yeah anything real which is actually kind of you know maybe the the issue with it too so yeah um anyway well, although uh, interesting i think worth comics, reading, nothing, i would say iron man if yeah, you listen to this terrible. episode you don't need to read you're off the hook yeah i'm do i, I just know, I don't like okay. iron man <laughs> like, i i can't remember i don't care about it either but i thought they were fine like yeah i, don't I mean this is why I, everyone, I am like this is why everyone who you know was a bit older lost their minds when rdj made iron man cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's because this is Iron Man. I was this reading it being Iron like, Man. how does this, how is this comic still running? Who was reading this, like, at the time? Because, like, like, the last like... Iron Man comic I can remember when, where, like, the reason I like it is because of the character of Iron Man is, like, Demon in a Bottle, maybe? Yeah, I mean, we're talking oh, yeah. 1979, yeah. 1978, yep. right? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty bad. I think Armor Wars is okay. Um, there's at least... But it's the same thing, though, too, where it's just, like, to When's Charles' that? point, it's like Tony just—that's like eighty-five, eighty-six. Yeah. Like, oh, we Tony... already read it. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, when's that coming? Up? Well, it's like he Wait, just aren't keeps we gonna making reach? weapons to be manipulated, and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, and it does. That's, I think a thing that again, trip. maybe it's just because I don't want to read every Iron Man comic because I don't care and I don't like character that much. But it's like, look, how how did you decide to turn a leaf? You know, yeah. it's like, well, yes, you're avenging, got it, but you're a billionaire industrialist. Like, what are you actually doing? <laughs> there's a very much a vagueness to what he's actually leading like what his enterprises actually are doing um outside of like yeah. the specifics it's of just what capital b business yeah and exactly it's like, well, what and it's like <laughs> what business? oh so you're 
like I don't like you on principle because <laughs> you're very nerd. That, that that comes from me. But like, uh huh. Yeah. Why why do I care about that billionaire superhero? Like what? And he loses his money. You know, like create like there's a run right now where it's like Tony yeah. Stark lost his wealth, and it's like it's never because he gave it away. <laughs> yeah, it's never it's never because he did something altruistic. It's like you know, it's like rivals and evil forces. Well, because like, like I, yeah, every time that happens, as Marvel editorial, you have to be able to come back from it. And like if he give uh-huh. if he makes the choice uh-huh. of giving away his money, how do you come back from that? Well, he right. shouldn't. Like that'd be a more interesting character, but yeah, yeah, sure. All right. Speaking of more interesting characters, next time on My Marvelous Year, the Avengers are going to get disassembled. The Avengers are going to get disassembled, baby. The start of the modern Marvel era of events begins. Now, in the reading guide, you're going to see, which are included in the the show notes, and then, of course, you can get access to the full guide over on patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear. Um, we're just going to include the official Avengers issues of Avengers Disassembled. This does begin sort of the tie-in era Although to a lesser extent, um, the tie-ins here are not tremendously like integrated. Uh, they happen in the pages of like Captain America and Iron Man and Thor. The Thor ones are probably the most applicable, I would say, um, mm-hmm. or at least it tells you what the deal is with Thor during this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically, there are some that happen in Fantastic Four, in particular Spider-Man. Uh, neither of those are really essential as far as reading the actual Avengers Disassembled. But because all that stuff is happening, you can check out the reading order on CBH. If you want to read the full Monty, Charlotte, Zach, will you be doing the full event timeline? Probably not. I think I'll I try. Yeah. Well, but then maybe I'll read a little more because otherwise I'm reading five issues. <laughs> so like, I would I, say I probably can make a little definitely space do for... Thor, definitely do okay. Thor, and poke your head in on Cap and Iron Man. Okay, it's a uh, it's actually not that long of an event. It's probably thirty issues if you read everything. Yeah, which um, is except like, for uh, Excalibur number eight, which you do say <laughs> you have an editorial note being like, "Don't read this." <laughs> um, do we have that? Fun. I think we have Excalibur number eight on next year's. Let me see. No, we have Excalibur number fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so don't read Excalibur number eight. But we have. There's an Excalibur issue that is that is going to matter actually later. Uh, okay, so that we're doing yeah. it. We're doing it. Cool. I I don't know what this uh, event is. Literally, like I have. I mean, the name tells me that I think the Avengers will disassemble. Oh, but that's, that's where you're wrong, Zach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> I, I literally have no idea what I'm walking into. So that's exciting. Because yeah. I feel like I know what Civil War is. I know what House of M is, right? Like some of these events, mm-hmm. I kind of know what they are. At least like I kind of probably know don't them. know what Siege is. Do you know what Siege is? No. I don't yeah, know. That, siege, one, that one's I don't... probably a secret. I mean, I know Secret Invasion is like Scrolls, but I don't know what happens. Whoa, I don't know. Whoa, whoa, spoilers, baby. Okay. Oh, speaking of which, uh, we already recorded. This is it's going to be so out of um, order for people listening, but we recorded after the first episode of Secret Invasion. Just curious already, if either of you that's watched. That's public as of time of recording, so that'll be yeah, I know, but like for, for weeks. I think the entire we're recording this after the second episode came out. This will come out after the whole show's done. But I just oh, wanted to you, ask. Did either you of you two. watch? Yes, yeah. right. That's what I wanted to ask. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> did either of I you? I did, and I've never felt like it's the first time in my life when I was actually like, oh, I guess I gotta watch the Marvel show. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. In a wait, in a in a way that like you want to watch it. Oh or? no, that like I feel like I have to watch. <laughs> yeah, it people people sound that defeated <laughs> and sigh that heavily when they're excited. The tone told me you did not want to watch, but the words said, "I have to watch." 
Well, so you're just like now you're like I have homework, so now it's now you're disappointed. Kinda like I mean I I like I had some hope that maybe it would get better, and it just absolutely didn't. And, t- and two apps in, you're like, oh. Okay, yeah, I'm I mean I'm. I see. I honestly I I th- I think I'm gonna keep watching week to week just because I don't think I'll be able to watch four episodes at once for all review. <laughs> so yeah. just like if I have to force myself to watch it, I'm I, I'm going to have to keep up the rhythm and watch it week oh, to week. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. Got to shout yeah. out to um, one of our Slack members, Johannes, who has been one of the most out on MCU for the last like two years, like consistently like early, pretty down early on, on movies the yeah. and the shows, very out of it. And is like the only person in the Slack who's like, yeah, I think it's pretty good. That's <laughs> like, funny because that's how I feel compared to you two. And in the first yeah. step, I was I had a similar reaction. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe Johannes and yeah. I. Are I haven't seeing... I haven't watched episode two yet, so you know I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I my it's it's like I said with the first step. My expectations are so low now that I actually think I'm in the perfect place to enjoy these i mean listen i that's the way to do i'll it. just say one yeah, thing about episode two you know how like we feel achy about some of the politics in in the uh, those other comics war machine in in the secret inv- in the second episode of secret invasion says some wild stuff that you're like yeah are you cool. like no that's a that's a war crime man that's not that's not a joke that's that, that's just a war crime <laughs> <laughs> so yeah looking forward to it all right okay. don Glad Don's getting his reps yep. and his, his war crime statements. Um, okay. Okay. I, you know I did the, see, the best thing you know, Don my favorite Cheeto... joke that I saw about Secret Invasion oh, actually was, um, was, was War Machine would be the perfect person to have be a scroll this whole time because he used to look like Terrence Howard. And now, and now he's just a scroll who can't quite get it right, and he looks like Don Cheadle. Uh, and he was like, he's actually the perfect guy to be. A he's scroll. just a bad scroll. He's just a bad scroll. I thought that was hilarious. And everyone's just like it's super racist in the Marvel universe, so they can't tell the difference. I guess. Is that... Yeah, I mean, no, listen, no. if you want to go that route, you certainly can, because they do yeah. not look the same. Yeah. The best thing that Don Cheadle has ever been in, because you know, I actually don't love Don Cheadle that much. House of Lies. Um, <laughs> no uh it's that uh kevin hart interview <laughs> did you see that clip no the the one where he don Cheadle's just talking uh about his life and you know the choices he's made creatively and he's like yeah you know and i'm 56 years old and kevin hart interrupts him and goes damn and then don Cheadle just looks so hurt <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then it just is like that. 30 30 sec- and kevin hart <laughs> kevin hart is so funny i usually don't think he's that funny he's so funny and he's like i didn't mean it like that like immediately starts back yeah yeah <laughs> it's you, you should go look up this clip That's it's so funny, funny. Okay. Uh, it's the funniest either of them i would say the best been. thing Don shields ever been in is boogie nights oh yeah he's really funny in that as the uh, the cowboy right yeah i don't know is there uh what about the one where he helps adam sandler beat shadow of the colossus to overcome his 9-11 trauma rain over me oh no it's, he's like a psychiatrist who takes in Adam Sandler, who's like a socially maladjusted guy who obsessively plays Shadow of the Colossus. Because oh, I thought this was like a metaphor. For the twin, yeah, yeah, okay. It, for the Twin Towers falling, because, you know, he just keeps reliving it in the video game. It's really weird to have Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, it was very specific. The, like, the yeah. main focus of this uh, this movie. And it's like, did they sponsor it? Because it doesn't, it's like not a... Yeah, it's like thing. coming yeah. soon a, a, a movie about a traumatized veteran who can't stop playing Undertale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, let's wrap this baby up. Good job, everybody. Let's Thanks for listening. You can support us over at patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear. I'm Dave. You can find my stuff at comicbookherald.com. Extra I'm issues Zach. will be on Roy Tang from now on. <laughs> Roytang.net. <laughs> Sorry, Roy. And uh, next week we're going to talk, or next time we're going to talk Avengers Assemble. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And as always, we'll see you next year. See you next year. See you next year. Mm-hmm.